Welcome to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Callie O'Connor. I've gone from career burnout to taking multiple career breaks, scoring several remote jobs, and even starting my own business while traveling to over 80 countries. The one thing that held me back from starting sooner was that I didn't believe it was possible for me. I wasn't aware that travel could become part of my lifestyle. Through this podcast, I'm so excited to share with you the travel possibilities that are out there for you. In season two, we're talking all about remote work. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Travel Possibilities podcast. I am your host, Callie O'Connor, and today I am bringing you another fantastic interview episode with my guest, Krista Knox. So having never left the United States in January of 2020, Krista packed her bags to travel for what she thought was going to be six months. But one pandemic, two and a half years, and 16 countries later, she's fallen in love with the world and this digital nomad lifestyle and has no plans on stopping. So this conversation is a good one. Krista's been working remotely for various software companies over seven years and has taken it internationally over the past two and a half years. And she gives fantastic advice on developing your skills to fill a need in the market, making it a lot easier to find a remote job. So definitely tune in for that. And just the tidbits along the way, we talk Wi-Fi, we talk Mexico, we talk Europe, we talk fears and taking the leap. So you won't want to miss this one. And without further ado, here it is. Hi, everyone. We are back and I am here with my guest today, Krista Knox, and we are talking about remote work. So Krista, thanks for being here. Do you want to introduce yourself to everyone? Tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, Callie. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so I am uh, an employee of a software company. I do client onboarding and support. I work entirely remotely. In fact, everybody at my company actually does work remotely already, but I'm the only one that's actually traveling. Um, I have been traveling for two and a half years. I started before coronavirus uh, and I've been to 15 countries. I'm currently coming to you from France. That is so exciting. So thank you. And let's just backtrack a little bit. So you've done this job specifically for two and a half years? I've done this type of work for two and a half okay. years. I've done a particular company since um, October of last year, but I've been working for various other software companies in much of the same capacity that I'm doing. I have sort of a, a niche where I, I work for a customer service department of a software company. These software companies are predominantly used by businesses. In the industry, we call it B2B, business to business. And I work for a SaaS, a software as a service company. And so my clients, the, the customers that I interface with are typically going to be other businesses, businesses who are using the software that I work for. And I do a lot of customer support and then onboarding. So I help teach new companies how to use the software that um, that, that we're offering and also get them configured and implemented and kind of project management, very tech heavy, very customer service facing. And I love it. Awesome. And so how did you get into that? Like, what is your background that got you to this point? 
Well, that's a little bit of a roundabout story, <laughs> but um, before working remotely, I was working at a suicide intervention company in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I was with the Baton Rouge Crisis Intervention Center for eight years, doing everything from taking calls. I helped to start up the first live chat service for crisis centers. I got the crisis center accredited with American Association of Suicidology, Contact USA, as well as the Alliance of Information and Referral Centers. And so I was very, very heavily involved with the administration and operation of a suicide hotline. And we took thousands of calls from people in need every year. And it was the most rewarding experience ever. And I loved working for that company. But in, uh, what was it, 2016, I was, uh, I, I was kind of looking at my homepage of the software company, at the software that we used. And that software company was hiring for customer support. And it's fully remote. It was a little bit more money. And it was the job description was like half of what I was doing. Not even really. I was doing so much more than that. When you work for a nonprofit, you wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, but they were offering, you know, work remotely. And I was like, wait a minute, this is perfect for me. And I, I didn't see myself growing any further in the small nonprofit that I was with. Limited budgets, you know, limited things like that. So um, I took a chance, applied for it, and I got it. And that's when I started working remotely. But it was years before I even took the show on the road, if you will. <laughs> and so it was, it was with, with them that got me started with remote work. But it was, it was later on that I decided to take it international. Wow. Okay. So that's really cool to unpack. Because first of all, I love that like your background is something seemingly unrelated to what you do now. And I love to drive that point home. Skills are transferable. You don't have to be doing exactly what you want to be doing now to be able to do what you want in the future. So I love that part of your story. And so then can you tell us a bit about how you went from working remotely to working remotely and traveling? Yeah, so and unfortunately, I, I got divorced in, um, well, separated in 2017. And as, as with things that change in your life, I needed a change of environment. And I was lucky enough to take my job with me. And so at first I moved out of, um, out of the state, out of Louisiana, over to uh, Denver, Colorado. Lived there for a year. Absolutely loved all the friends that I made. And I made so many great relationships that I still maintain to this day. Um, but then one day, one of my neighbors, I'll never forget this. She said, oh, you should do something called remote year. And I was like, what's remote year? And remote year, I started looking online that evening. It's a, it's a travel company that caters to people who work online, who maybe want sort of a community to travel with, with set itineraries, sort of a safety net, if you will, on, on how to travel. And for me, that was a very a good option because I had never left the United States ever. <laughs> and I was like, I don't wanna be alone necessarily. And I don't want to, I'm, I'm scared. I don't speak any other languages, et cetera, et cetera. And so I applied for remote year. My company was like, yeah, sure. We'll move you to contract. I switched over, you know, uh -huh. um, and, uh, and then in January of 2020, I, my lease was up. I packed my bags. I put everything in storage, sold my car, gave my cat to my mom who has still has my cat. And I was like, I'm going to travel for six months. Mm -hmm. The and timing isn't quite adding up correctly here. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but as, as we all know, the world went to pieces in, in March of, of that year. And I just, I wasn't done. You know, I, I, everybody in, rem in the remote year program, unfortunately remote year had to kind of go dormant, lay dormant, if you will. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so they were like, hey, you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> and so I was in Mexico at the time and I was, what am I going to do? I just gave up everything to travel and lots of people went home. And I didn't feel like I had a home at that point. I felt like I needed to keep going forward and to, to travel further. And so that's when I decided to sort of break out on my own and, and being alone, quote unquote, was not lonely at all. I've met thousands of people at this point. I've been all over and just seen the most incredible things. And it's just because I took a little bit, it took a little bit of bad things to happen, like that, you know, bad things to happen for me to just see the silver lining and to take the initiative to just keep going forward and take it one step at a time. I love that so much because, yeah, like, I mean, life does happen, but if you keep moving forward, then you can get through those rough patches to something that's really, truly amazing right now. So, I mean, I love the things that you posted online and just talking about remote work can be such an opportunity for a lot of people. So you hadn't previously traveled outside of the U.S. Was that something that you always wanted to do, but just hadn't gotten to or what changed for you? Kind of, I mean, I never really, I was always like, oh, one day I would love to go to Paris. Oh, one day I would love to see um, the pyramids in Egypt. One day I would love to see Machu Picchu. And it was always one day, one day, one day. And I, I never had any sort of solid plans. I didn't even have a passport. Um, and I always thought, well, travel is, is, is very expensive. You have to go so fast, da, 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 da. And it wasn't until, you know, with remote work, I have the, the financial capacity that I'm earning money while I'm, while I'm here. I don't have any expenses back at home. You know, the only way I can do this is I don't have an apartment. I am technically homeless, mm -hmm. as I say, you know, I use my mom's address, thanks mom, um, for, for things like bills and stuff like that. But other than that, yeah, I have no physical ties to, to any single location. And that really helps me to be able to, um, go places that I want to where the sky is the limit really truly and so I have seen Machu Picchu I have been to the pyramids and I just saw the Eiffel Tower two weeks ago amazing I love it so much so you mentioned like the role that you were in when you started with remote year you had switched to contract is that still your situation now in this new job are you a contractor or what allows you to work and travel when your other colleagues are just work from home <laughs> to be a contractor because there's a little bit more flexibility with taxes with tax reasons you know being a u.s resident there are certain tax implications for um being out of the united states for as long as you are and you just get a better benefit by by being an independent contractor with the company and my company was perfectly fine with that i'm still in their eyes an employee so to speak like i'm not treated any differently I, uh, you know, we have drawings for prizes of, of employees and I'm included in those drawings. In fact, I won a drawing the other day and I'm like super excited to buy myself <laughs> a drone because, you know, Ooh. why not? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, there, there's a lot of benefits to being an independent contractor. It, it helps to um, 
take the liability off of the, the company and to put it back into your hands of yourself. Um, there's a lot of boilerplate contracts online that you can use and then the company themselves generally have um, you know, contractors that contracts that they can use um, for contractors. So it, it definitely depends on the, the company. The smaller the company, the maybe more grassroots or startup that it is, the more likely it's going to be a little bit easier to pass through. Um, but bigger corporations too are, especially now after COVID and everything, are realizing that they have to be flexible. They have to attract talent and talent wants to be remote. Mm -hmm. So true. And that's such a good point. So when you were applying for this role, or like, is that your process? Did you apply for this role? Was it a full-time W-2 role? or And then you had this conversation during your application process? A little bit. They actually found me. Okay. <laughs> having, having a niche is a very important. That's one of the best pieces of advice that I give to, to new remote to people, to people who are interested in doing remote work is find your niche. Everybody is a copywriter. Everybody is an English teacher. Everybody is a marketing coordinator. Like oh, these skills are, are, are important and they're also a dime a dozen right now. And so find your niche as much as possible, whether it's copywriting specifically for medical articles or uh, marketing specifically for nonprofit organizations, like whatever your niche is you can find your niche within these larger um, fields of work, but finding your niche is the best because then when I have developed my niche on business to business, SaaS, customer support and onboarding, I put that in my LinkedIn profile. I did create an Upwork profile as well. And these guys found me, they awesome. found me and I told them, well, sure, I'll take your job, but I'm going to be a contractor. And they said, we can make that happen. They wanted me that bad. That's awesome. And it makes it so much easier when people are looking for you as opposed to the opposite. So that's yeah. a really important note. It doesn't have to be the traditional way where you're applying for jobs all the time. You become like a commodity once you set yourself apart. Advantage. Um, I definitely recommend Upwork. They do take Upwork does take a percentage of what you earn, but Upwork is how I found my dream job at the same time. And so Upwork is 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 a really good option for people. Fiverr is another good one for freelancers, for example. So there's a lot of resources out there for for people who are just starting into the remote work um, concept. And and also if you have certain you know job experiences chances are that there's some company out there who needs you and you can tell them I want to work remotely. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love that so much. And so, I mean, a big part of this conversation here is remote work so you can travel more. So <laughs> how do you, what do you look for when you're deciding where to travel next and how long do you stay and tell us more about your travels? Yeah, definitely. So I, I think the sweet spot for me is one month per country. Um, there are other countries like Mexico, for example. I mean, I spent like five or six months in Mexico because it's huge. Mexico is massive. And I spent, you know, three months kind of on, on the East Coast and three months on the South and, and West Coast of Mexico. So it just definitely depends on the size of the country and how lenient they are with their, um, with their visa, their tourist mm -hmm. visas, for example. But generally, I like one month per country um, because I work 40 hours a week. 
Monday through Friday, US Eastern time zone. And so I don't have the benefit of staying one place for a week in a country and being being able to truly experience the country and give it give it the time that it deserves. Um, so I like a month. I, I just came uh, from a month in Athens. I based myself in Athens get an Airbnb for a month. But then on the weekend, I was going to different islands. I went to Santorini, I went to Lafcada, I went to Delphi, for example. So these are really good ways to um, kind of base yourself, um, stay grounded, you know, make sure that, you know, buy yourself some groceries, have a routine, do some exercising, things like that. You're not on vacation, it's your life, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I based myself in a place usually, and then we'll, we'll kind of take some side trips on the weekend. And then in the morning times, I'm a museum nerd. I love museums. I love like walking tours, for example. And so I'll go to a museum or walking tour, just walk around, go have a fun cafe lunch or whatever it is. And people watch, I go shopping. I'm a little bit of a shopaholic and yet I still have a carry-on only bag. Um, but it's a great way to, to give, give yourself time. And some days, you know what I do? I'll order a pizza and I'll watch Netflix. Some days I don't do anything and that's okay too, because um, like I said, it's my life. It's not really, um, it's not go, go, go all the time. And, and when, you, when you see amazing places and then you have to work for eight hours, you get a little tired and the next day you might not wanna do anything. And, and I think it's okay to give yourself that permission. And if you're going too quickly, then you'll regret staying in bed or you'll, you'll go and you'll push yourself too, too fast and then you'll burn out too fast. Um, and so I, I, I like finding a balance. Some months I, I do a little faster in Spain, for example, earlier this year, I was doing the hostel track. And so I would stay at one hostel for a week and um, go out and party with all the kids, I call them kids, but they're in their <laughs> 20s and they're on their vacation, you know, um, but I'd go out with them and they stay out till 4 a.m., but it's Friday, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, so it just depends. I, I kind of do a one month faster where it's like week to week to week, new place, new place, and then one month slower where I buy, like get an Airbnb for a month and kind of pace myself. So it just, it sort of depends. I, I do go where the wind takes me, for example. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going back to Mexico on Saturday because literally on Saturday, my EU visa will be 90 days. It'll be exactly 90 days. <laughs> I have to leave EU then. So I'm like, oh no, I'm looking at the time, looking at my uh, calendar. I was like, oh, I have to leave by Saturday. Like I have to leave. And so I'm, I'm going to, uh, going back to Mexico because um, Mexico is kind of like my second home now, if you will. Um, flights are cheap and I kind of just look at flights. I look at timing and go from there. Oh, love it. And I mean, I feel the same way about Mexico. I'll be there next month. So if you're still there, let me know. <laughs> Definitely. We'll have a margarita. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and I, um, I really love what you said about like, this is your life. And like, sometimes you eat pizza and watch Netflix. It's so important because Sometimes we set expectations for ourselves like, oh, like this is what I should be doing. I'm traveling, so I should be exploring. I should be enjoying every moment, but that's not reality. It is still your life. So sometimes you do need to slow down and have those chill days and it's really important and like there's not a right way to do it. So it's important just to sort of take a step back sometimes and be a normal person, even though you're in these incredible destinations. So such a good point. And did you have any misconceptions about the world before you started traveling? Has your travels made you be like, wow, like I didn't realize it was going to be like that? 
Um, speaking, Americans tend to have this viewpoint of things need to be fast. Um, they're they're expecting like restaurant service, for example. I was talking about this with a friend earlier. Like restaurant service needs to be go go go, like get in order, leave, go. And then like today we're waiting, um, uh, I'm here with a friend, we're, we're ordering a pizza and I'm like, but it's been 20 minutes and I haven't even ordered my pizza yet. And he's like, just chill. Like we're looking at the river right now where people watching, everything's fine. I was like, I still have to rem remind myself that sometimes it is good to slow down and, and take a slower pace in life. And I think that so many other countries just have that ability to do that to slow down and I think that's a really good um, care quality to have in your life and to to kind of change your expectations on on pacing and and things like that whether it's at a restaurant or 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 even just traveling where you know you don't have to go 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 don't be in such a rush go slow and being a remote worker gives you that pass that that ability to do so to go yeah. slower I love that so much. And so now I'm thinking you're in Europe now, you've been in Mexico, these are completely different time zones. And you said you work East Coast hours. So how do you manage the time zone differences? And do you have a preference? Because you mentioned like going to museums in the morning and stuff that sounds pretty cool. And then you just start your work day later. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, right? Mm -hmm. I like you know, when I'm in the, the U.S. Eastern time zone or near there, um, it is nice to kind of just wake up, start working, and you're done by four or five, right? I like that. That is a good pace, and then you get to go to the beach. Um, but at the same time, I do, it's harder to enjoy things like a museum unless it's the weekend. You can't take a walking tour unless it's the weekend and things like that. And so there, there is a little bit of a downside to being in the same exact time zone as what I work. Um, whereas in Europe and, and just on, on this side of the Atlantic, um, it is nice because I don't set an alarm. <laughs> I wake up whenever I want to. As long as I'm back at my desk by three or 4 p.m. local time, I'm gonna be perfectly fine and start and start my day with work. And then um, and then I end it by you know, 11, 11.30, it just kind of depends on what's happening at work uh, in the evening time. And in some places, especially Spain, the city doesn't even get started until that late, especially during the summertime. So, um, and in terms of location, like, yeah, if you're in a place where it's a sleepy little town and they're going to kind of shut their last restaurant down at 10 p.m., then you might want to consider not staying there that long and and staying in a place where you know you can you can at least have a little bit of nightlife or a little bit of um, things to do after work. Um, but before work, it's so great where you can just wake up whenever you want, go do a thing or two, and then be back at work. It's it's I, I prefer the European-ish time zones. Um, when I was in Egypt, for example, same thing. It's like the same time zone as Rome, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's a really good sweet spot of a time zone. Um, it can be hard to adjust to, not gonna lie. Um, it is, it's, you do have to adjust your schedule, but you know, I'll sit there and kind of play around on my phone until about 2 a.m. and kind of let my brain sort of go to sleep because who goes to sleep at two hours after they start stop working? Like most people don't do that, right? Um, so, but I have to, yeah, yeah. otherwise like, I'm useless the next day. So um, I have shifted my routine enough to to get to that point, um, but it's not easy. It's it, it takes It takes a little bit of, you know, maybe you have to take a sleeping tablet 
just mm-hmm. stick it to sleep, you know, but it, it, it works out in the end because your body does switch over to that new routine. Yeah, definitely. Those are definitely some important considerations that like maybe you don't think of initially when you're like, I want to have a remote job and travel. So thanks for talking on that. And your coworkers, are they jealous that you're traveling all the time? And sometimes, but they're all very happy with their lives. I mean, they need to have spouses, partners, dogs, cats, a car, their own bed, consistent internet, which yes. is the bane of my existence. Oh my goodness. So yeah, they, 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 but they're also like, oh, what, one day I'm going to come with you or, oh, I'm jealous. It looks beautiful. And, and some of them have started actually one of my, um, our director of uh, technology, he's, he's actually my age. He and his wife, his wife also works remotely. They're in Spain right now. And they're like, and I'm like, ah, they're like, yeah, we just couldn't, we just couldn't stop any longer. We had to go, we had to go. And I'm giving them all of my best advice of download WhatsApp. Oh, you have to go on these walking tours in Barcelona. And so, so on and so forth. So I'm always happy to share kind of how I do it with my coworkers. Um, And I definitely get them little souvenirs every now and then where when I come back for in-person meetings, I'm actually going to an in-person meeting uh, in June, for example. Um, So I give them these little souvenirs and maybe that'll inspire one or two of them to take a little bit more time to, to travel as well. Because yeah, they, they I love should. that. Yeah. So cool. And so the Wi-Fi, can you talk a little bit more about that <laughs> and what issues you face and how you've overcome them? <laughs> oh gosh, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. You have to have a plan A, a plan B and a plan C. You have to, um, especially in more developed countries. Um, and I've, I've literally been in a place where plan A, plan B and plan C failed and the Wi-Fi was, everything was gone. Cell network was gone. And you know what I did? I packed my bags and I left, even though it was paradise on earth. Puerto Escondido is a wonderful place. Highly recommend Puerto Escondido, but if you want to keep your job, don't stay there too long because your internet will probably go out. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I have a, a, a personal hotspot device that I load up a local SIM card into, for example. I also generally will have my own personal SIM card. Um, I have like service through AT&T. They have an international plan. Yeah, it's $10 a day, but it's worth it not to lose my job to, <laughs> to turn it on if I need to um, for, for my uh, internet if the location that I'm at um, has subpar internet. I use a lot of, I use VPN and in order to, to, in order to access a specific sort of SQL database that I use and, um, that VPN can take up a lot of bandwidth, you know, mm-hmm. so I do need to have pretty high powered internet. I have been plenty of times where the internet is just super crummy. And so I try not to stay too long in those places and keep going forward. If I am kind of committed to a longer place, then I find an alternative workspace, whether it's a co-working space or like I said, with a SIM card, that's also a pretty um, helpful option. Awesome. Yeah, I've had the same experience in Puerto Escondido. It's like, oh, did you? <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, like the power goes out there. So, of course, you can't have Wi Fi and you can't even have coffee. So, yeah, <laughs> it's challenging. Believe it or not, I had better in it, internet in Zipolite, which is the nudist beach about yeah. an hour south. <laughs> I'm like sweating in a hut on the beach and because I had to close the windows because I was on a a video call with my boss. I had to close the windows because there's naked people outside. But you know what? The internet was better than Puerto Escondido. 
<laughs> that's so funny. I think that's what they invented Zoom backgrounds for to avoid the <laughs> naked people on the beach when you're in video calls from the beach. <laughs> okay, amazing. So do you have advice? I, we talked about it a little bit, but like, do you have any specific tidbits for maintaining balance while working and traveling, particularly if your times, if you're like in the same time zone as your company when you don't have those mornings free and stuff like that to explore what's your sort of routine yeah so as I was kind of mentioning earlier going slower is the most valuable piece of advice you're not you're not on vacation right this is your life and I always I had to remind myself about my first year because I'm going out to restaurants I'm like I don't care how much this costs (laughs) no that's a problem and you have to reel that in especially with the shopping with the shopping is it's hard for me as well um but you know restaurants who wants to eat out of the restaurant three times a day for seven days a week for a month like it gets old i promise it gets old so i think developing a routine and this is for mind body and and soul and and work um uh, efficacy as well is have a routine and sort of stick to it regardless of where you go i do a lot of meal prepping whenever i have an airbnb so i'll meal prep um i'll do you know do some chicken and some vegetables. And I kind of do the same thing regardless of what country I'm in for the meals that I am going to cook myself. Um, I always get some eggs, get some bread, make sure I have coffee, um, you know, things like that. I have a bottle of wine in my fridge. And so I, I sort of have these sort of staples, right, that I that I put into place in my kitchen and, and, and make it my own in that regards. Um, and then in terms of routine, especially when you are in the same time zone, Wake up, have your coffee, just like you normally do at home and, and start work, you know, because it'll be there when you're done. You know, you don't have to rush off to the beach. FOMO is going to happen. You're going to, you're going to meet people who are on their vacation. And so, yeah, they can drink a margarita at 10 a.m. and go to the beach and da, 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 da. but you can't, or, or you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't drink a margarita at 10 a.m. when you're supposed to be working. Um, and if you really, if you feel like you're burning out at work, take a day off. Sometimes I will tell my boss, like, hey, look, I need to go. I want to do this thing. And there's this one thing. And I w- it'd be really great if I could take an afternoon off or Friday off or whatever it is. And my company's super flexible. But um, that is a normal thing to have a vacation. And so sometimes you do need a vacation from your vacation, from your job. Um, it's so that you can enjoy the places that you're at. Um, but in general, like, have a routine stick to it and stay in a place a little bit longer so that way you do have the benefit of weekends and after hours to to see the places go to the beach for example go to a cenote if you're in mexico um and enjoy your time and i think surrounding surrounding yourself with people who are in the same sort of boat really does help because when you're when i'm at a hostel for example like i said earlier these people are on vacation and they, all they want to do is go party or go sightseeing or both. And they do it all in the same day. And that's great, but that's not what I can do. I have to work, right? I have to work for eight hours today. And so I I do a balance where I'll kind of hang out a few times with these types of people where they are on vacation, they're on their holiday. Um, But I really like whenever I can meet other nomads, other people who are who are also traveling and working like I am, um, because that's when it's like, hey, let's go to a co-working space together and sit next to each other and not talk to each other for like <laughs> six or seven hours. And then we can go out later. Like that's the that's the most fun. And I have a lot of digital nomad networks um, that I'm a part of. 
And uh, that really does help because then it's, you send out on the airwaves, hey, I'm going to be in Peru for a month, for example, anybody else? And I had like four or five people respond. And so I went to went to dinner with a couple of folks who were also remote workers and who were working at the same co-working space that I was. So there's definitely a, a possibility, a way to, to kind of build a community around yourself, even if it's not a physical community at first, it could be a virtual community, um, but there's always a possibility of meeting up with them in the future. Awesome. I love that so much because community is really important because you it never feels good to be the one that's on the outside. So like you're the one that's not on vacation. So when you have like-minded people for whatever it is that you want to do, it just feels so much more normal. And it's, it's a great tip and great advice. And so do you have any advice for somebody who's new to travel, who wants to see more of the world, but they just don't have a lot of experience traveling yet? Yeah, I mean, just in general, I would say go where, go go where your comfort zone is. Um, you know, if you want to go to the beach and you're from the United States, start with Mexico. I love Mexico. There is a reason why Mexico is one of the top rated countries to visit by by well-known travelers, by people who have traveled the world. Um, oh, I forget his name, but he just recently went to like every country in the world. I follow him on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, his name is escaping me right now, but he put out like a top 30 countries. Mexico was his top three. Like he loves Mexico. And I'm like, see, people say, well, who's your favorite country? I'm like, it really is Mexico. If it's true, um, because there's so much to offer. So I would say if you're, if you're, if you're American, if you're in the United States, Mexico is a great option to, to get your feet wet. And there's, it's such a diverse culture and it's huge. So you can do beaches, mountains, desert, jungle, et cetera, um, big city, little town, everything in between. Um, and so that's a really good country to start out with. Um, and I would just say like, kind of don't, don't put these huge expectations on yourself where I have to see everything. And if I don't, then I failed. Um, or that I have to do something every single day. And if I don't, I fail. Um, I was reading this post from this girl in uh, Girls Love Travel, the group that we met through. And she, she was like, I'm gonna be quite honest. Like I'm, I'm, supposed, to be I'm supposed to be on a solo trip around Europe. And uh, I'm, I'm wearing, you know, uh, yoga pants and, and a, a t-shirt and everybody's walking around in heels and just dressed to the nines and looking so cute. And I feel like I just don't look like that. And then I'm also like, I'm tired of planning all these things to do and see, and I'm just tired. I was like, you got it like slow down, you know, kind of base yourself a little bit if you need to. And that's a great, like, if you have the time and the ability to base yourself somewhere, that's a great way to, to not just travel, but to truly experience another place, another culture, and to actually meet people and make connections. That's great advice. I love that a lot. Thank you. And so we touched a little bit on advice for someone who might be looking to find a remote job, but are there any do you have any advice or can you recommend any skills that somebody who hasn't like had a remote job and traveled, like what should they work on and focus on enhancing when they're looking for remote work? Um, writing and communication skills are critical. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of how we communicate with 
our employers, our coworkers, our clients, um, is going to be through written communication. And so brushing up on your just general ability to convey information or get information through writing is so important. Um, I'm not saying everybody needs to be a copy editor with uh, an English lit degree or anything like that, but, but having good written and um, verbal communication skills is absolutely critical. Um, another piece of advice is to go where your skills take you. If you're really good with math, then you might want to look at coding. But if you if you hated math in high school and it was the bane of your existence, then don't expect yourself to be able to do, you know, coding and building queries in SQL, for example. Yeah, these are skills you can learn online. But if you don't like to do it, then don't force yourself. Go where go where your skills. Um, take you go go where go where your desires what what you want to do in your life and and see what you can do to branch out into that. Um, there's a lot of you know free courses online that could help, whether it's copywriting, marketing. Um, for me, it's customer service, and so I use a lot of um, customer service uh, software. For example, HubSpot, Salesforce, Zendesk, um, Zoho Desk. These are all softwares that are used by customer service teams, for example. Watch a video or two or five or 10. They're all on YouTube. And so you can build a skill set around how to use certain software that companies are looking for. A company might say, you know, you might you have to have experience with Zendesk or HubSpot. Well, no problem. I've taken all of their courses online. You know, think things like that. Yeah, a lot of these softwares often even have like a freebie sort of trial that you can do that you can just play around with so you can learn as well. So I would say if you're if you're trying to, you know, market yourself to a company where they they are using certain softwares or looking for certain skills, just because you don't necessarily have that experience, um, you can still learn a lot of it through online resources such as YouTube's great, great resource. But a lot of these softwares, they have open um, help articles where it's like you can learn literally how to do every single thing in their software and it's totally online, totally free and open for you to, to review and learn about. Such good advice. And like, I love what you said, it, go where your skills take you because don't take a job just because it's remote if you hate what you're going to be doing every day because it really amplifies it. If you are traveling and you have to do a job for eight hours a day that you hate, you're going to hate it even more because you're going to resent your job from keeping you from the awesome things that are going on around you. So like, it's important to find something that aligns with what you're good at and what you like so that you're not suffering for eight hours a day, five days a week while you're in really cool destinations. Like you can have both, you can have a job you like, and it can be remote. So great point. All right. Well, Krista, I'm so thankful for you coming on here. I appreciate your time and your wisdom. And it's been a fantastic conversation. If people want to learn more about you, where can they find you online? Um, yeah, so they can look, look me up on LinkedIn if they're looking for professionals or like what kind of my professional background um, and sort of where my skill sets are. They can find me on LinkedIn, Krista Dobbs. Um, and then if they're just 
more interested in seeing all of my travel photos, you can follow me. Uh, it's Krista Travels Further. Um, I'm sure you'll have the, the Instagram link uh, on your page, but yeah, they're welcome to, to uh, reach out to me on Instagram as well if they have any um, any questions or anything that they, any advice that they want um, from me, I'm happy to, to share. I'm an open book. I, I do not have anything to market. I am not selling anything. I'm not a travel agent or, <laughs> or um, trying to sell any sort of product or anything like that. I literally take no sponsorship. I am not an influencer whatsoever. I'm a real person and I enjoy my job and I like sharing about my experiences of, of traveling the world. That's amazing. And so, yes, Chris is right. I will link it all in the show notes so you can find her and ask her any questions you might have. And also let us know if there are any great takeaways from today's show. And so before we go, Krista, do you have any final words of advice or tips you'd like to share? Um, yeah, if, if you're looking to get into remote work, there's lots of different Facebook groups and other online resources where you can connect with other nomads, as we call ourselves. Um, so definitely reach out to these support channels. Um, so many of us are very experienced and very interested in, in helping other people get started. Um, and there, there's a lot of existing resources on how, how to get started, how, how to find a job, for example. And so I would say definitely reach out to those networks um, if, if you think it's the right fit for you. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Krista. And everyone, I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Callie. Thank you for tuning in to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I would be so thankful for your positive review on Apple Podcasts so I can keep the episodes coming. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra tips and travel inspiration on Instagram by following me at The Travel Shifters or by visiting my website at travelshifters.com. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it.